0: Now, if I remember correctly, we were here on question ten. I'm going to use the screen so it makes me keep up the screen, so I don't let that just sit and be ignored. So, but I, I had it marked in my in my book that we started or we left off. We left off with question ten last time. So, all right. Question 10, this is gleaning in the field of Boaz. Well, this is uh, actually Ruth chapter 2, verses 1 through 23, so I'll read those. There was a relative of Naomi's husband, a man of great wealth of the family of Elimelech. His name was Boaz. So Ruth, the, the Moabitess, said to Naomi, please let me go to the field and glean heads of grain after him in whose sight I may find favor. And she said to her, this is Naomi replying to Ruth, go, my daughter. Then she left and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the family of Elimelech. Now behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said to the reapers, the Lord be with you. And they answered, the Lord bless you. Then Boaz said to his servant who was in charge of the reapers, Whose young woman is this? So the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered and said, It is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. And she said, Please let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and has continued from morning until now, though she rested a little in the house. Then Boaz said to Ruth, You will listen, my daughter, will you not? Do not go to glean in another field, nor go from here, but stay close by my young women. Let your eyes be on the field which they reap, and go after them. Have I not commanded the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink from what the young men have drawn." So she fell on her face and bowed down to the ground and said to him, Why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me since I am a foreigner? And Boaz answered and said to her, It has been fully reported to me all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband and how you have left your father and your mother and the land of your birth and have come to a people whom you did not know before. The Lord repay your work, and a full reward be given you by the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings you have come for refuge. Then she said, Let me find favor in your sight, my Lord, for you have comforted me and have spoken kindly to your maidservant, though I am not like one of your maidservants. Now Boaz said to her at mealtime, come here and eat of the bread and dip your piece of bread in the vinegar. So she sat beside the reapers and he passed parched grain to her and she ate and was satisfied and kept some back. And when she rose up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men saying, let her glean even among the sheaves and do not reproach her. Also let grain from the bundles fall purposefully for her. Leave it that she may glean and do not rebuke her. So she gleaned in the field until evening and beat out what she had gleaned. And it was about an ephah of barley. Now, I forget how much an ephah was now, but it's it's a goodly amount anyway. I've
1: got here, it says point .65 bushels.
0: Okay, so over half a bushel, over half a bushel. So that's good. Thank you. Then she took it up and went into the city and her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. So she brought out and gave to her what she had kept back after she had been satisfied. And her mother-in-law said to her, where have you gleaned today? And where did you work? Blessed be the one who took notice of you. So she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, The man's name with whom I work today is Boaz. Then Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he of the Lord who has not forsaken his kindness to the living and the dead. And Naomi said to her, This man is a relation of ours, one of our close relatives. Ruth the Moabitess said, he also said to me, you shall stay close by my young men until they have finished all my harvest. And Naomi and Ruth, no. And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, it is good, my daughter, that you go out with his young women and that people do not meet you in any other field. Now here she's really saying that people don't encounter or see you anywhere in any other anybody else's field. So uh, she stayed close by the young women of Boaz to glean until the end of barley harvest and wheat harvest, and she dwelt with her mother-in-law. So then we get to question 10. Oh, and when Naomi had told her, let me go back to that real quick. She had told her that he was a close relative, um, that translation also means he was one of their redeemers which as you know this gets into that so um, all right so question 10 how did God provide for the poor people and you can you can even look it up if you want or I have um, even a farmer job
2: today I know my grandfather did this when he was harvesting. Would leave corners of the field untouched, and um, so that people could come and take that grain if they needed it.
1: Yeah, they were poor. Yeah, and so that's what I have, leaving portions of harvesting untouched for poor, poor people. They have to go and collect it themselves, but and that's what uh, and that's what Ruth was
0: doing. Right, they uh, they would leave like you're talking about the corners. They would leave like the corners or the edges, maybe.
1: If you if you when you ride down through Amish country, you will see
0: that quite often. Okay, that's good. And and yes, go ahead, Jim.
1: And closer than that, uh, the people that raise potatoes in Wayne County, they have done this for years. They've allowed people. Man and take what was, when they cut, or dug the potatoes, there would be some left in, in the soil and
0: they would allow them to come in and take those. You just come in and get it for yourself. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, Pat? Okay. I was going
1: to say Ramsar Farms did that. And, and on a personal note, uh, my husband Larry, when he was
0: in high school, they were allowed to go and pick those potatoes and use it towards their senior trip to go to Washington, D.C. Oh, okay. And so it wasn't just for the poor
1: the people today. It wasn't just for the poor. They did it for the students so they could have something.
0: All right. But they were still leaving it to share with someone who so might need it. i sure got
2: that from the Bible. Yeah, we used to go pick potatoes up at the top of the hill where I live. Hmm? We would go get them. They were just there for anybody to go get. Oh, huh?
0: I wasn't aware of this potato thing <laughs> Yeah, we
1: was paper years ago.
2: And well, he lived
1: Judy? Him. Back, uh, back there, at the end of the Depression, I guess it would be that way, um, they used to have, the, like, the, like the, the church sponsored, it would be God's Acre, and they would plant with potatoes, and those were free to whoever.
0: And they called it God's, God's Acre. God's
1: Acre. Huh. Very nice, yes. very nice.
0: That's cool. Yes.
1: If I remember rightly, in Ireland there was a uh, potato famine, and so maybe
0: this was brought over a lot of people who were Irish that came in this area. Oh, uh, that could be, yeah, because there was a famine, I know. I've, I don't know all the details. Yeah, there was a potato
2: famine in Ireland. They killed thousands and thousands of Irish people. Yeah. And so they left my grave here.
0: Right. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, See you. You all know about this, then you just don't harvest everything. And if something falls, I I can read to you the the verses, but I probably don't need to, you know. But if, if anything falls as you're harvesting, they're supposed to leave that as well. That's the only extra thing. Yes, sure. Um, I'm just sitting here thinking, you
2: know, it's not just for um human beings. If you if you ride out in the country, you will see what maybe geese
1: that are, they're cleaning, they're cleaning up the fields, mm-hmm. a grain that has fallen. Um, many times you will see
0: horses turned out in the fields, they're also cleaning, so animals. So animals, animals would also animals benefit out. from that, and yes. and not yeah, just so people.
2: With, with your fruit trees and things, the apples and oh. the deer.
0: Yeah, fruit trees. You about have to fight the animals off to get the fruit off the tree.
2: Everything benefits if you leave something or something drops.
0: <laughs> yeah, if you leave anything. Not just
1: humans, but
0: the animal
1: too.
0: Yeah. Bees used to love the apples, I can tell you that. We had a lot of apples down in Wilkes County. and um, Anyway, there was a lot of bees and hornets and they loved apples. So. I think the main thing is that
1: when a person has abundance, they should share with other
0: people and not hoard it. Um, I I think that was God's whole idea with the. If you look at the verses they have here, you know, when you reap, you shall not wholly reap the corners, like Shirley was talking about. Uh, Nor shall you gather the gleanings, meaning that uh, let's see. Um, Trying to get meaning that you don't go back and get every little piece, but there is one too where it says if it falls to the ground, you were to leave it. But I, I may not have copied that in here. All right, but you shall not glean it afterward. After you do your harvesting, you're supposed to leave anything that you've missed or left. And uh, so that was that was the rule. So and gleaning is, I mean. Um, let's see, did I look up the exact meaning of that? Uh, collecting excess produce
2: from a field or a farm or a garden and that's
0: left behind from the region. Right, that's picking up what the harvesters had left behind in some manner, however they left it. So, that's, I did have that there, so. All right, Um, then let's see. It has the verses. Now I didn't read all of those, but uh, those verses all have to do with not reaping the corners and leaving the gleanings. So, so question number eleven: Who was Boaz? He must have been related to uh, uh, Ruth, Naomi's
1: husband. (laughs) <laughs>
0: Elimelech. Yeah, he was related to Elimelech. It didn't... did? Yeah. Yeah, so he was related to Elimelech. We don't know the exact relation, right? Um, what kind of man was he? He
1: must have been a very decent man, a very kind man.
0: Decent and kind? That's, that's the way he... Seemed and came across in. Yeah, compassionate, he seemed. Now, in chapter 2, verse 1, it says he was worthy, which also is good. I'm assuming that means like honorable and, you know, having integrity and that sort of thing, you know. Yes. Oh well, he was well established, and he was not. Oh. You said worthy. Yeah. Maybe it depends on the. Maybe it depends on the translation. Well, now sometimes. I will look at a different translation. So let me see. That was a two. Yeah, this says a man of great wealth and influence. This is the Amplified. It's chapter two, verse one. And that's in the New King James Version. It agrees with that. Oh, I was must have been looking at the English Standard Version. There they say he's worthy rather than... But the, the other translations do say what Eileen was saying about great wealth and having uh, standing in the community I think is the idea.
1: You can see the providence of God throughout the story because here's somebody in need, you know, Ruth and Naomi, and here's a relative that's well off and God's brought them together.
0: Yes. Yes, you can see that God is looking out for them and taking, you know, that God not only was looking out for them then, but for the future generations to come. Yep. And for uh and for Boaz, really, if you think about it, I mean, well, we, we won't get ahead of ourselves. Anyway.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alright, so um oh, so how did Boaz treat Ruth? It says favorably and generously. says favorably and generously. And he did. I mean, in, just in just in this part with the field, um, he made sure that uh, people did not bother her, and that they even dropped extra for her and different things like that. Right. So, um, what reason did he give for showing her such favor?
2: Because
1: she got have-
0: and he had heard about that he says I well I didn't put the first reference here but we read it he had heard that and he mentioned that to her because he had heard how she was with Naomi he was that she was taking care of Naomi and that she had actually left her own family and country to come be and stay with Naomi and watch after her Did you have anything, Joan? No? Okay. I think it's interesting that Bruce uh, asked Naomi if she could have permission to go and
2: do this dream.
0: She took the initiative, but yet she humbled herself before Naomi to make sure that it was okay to do that. She did ask Naomi before she did it. Yeah, she was looking for a way to take care of both of them. It it seems like it sounds like, and uh, she asked permission to do that. I guess because she was used to Naomi being, you know, Naomi's the mother-in-law. She's used to being her the elder and, you know, kind of being the lead. Of the house, you know. So that makes sense to me. Does anyone have anything else on that? On number 12, what is meant by under whose wings you have come for refuge? Now that was in verse 12.
2: And delivers. And Naomi said that she had suffered affliction or calamity, and that she became um, a widow and lost her children. Um, So, the opposite of refuge is this storm, the storm that had come into her life that she had lost so much. And um,
0: she came back home to find that comfort and refuge at home. Right, Naomi had really lost everything. And then Ruth also as well had lost really basically everything. And Boaz was saying this because, like you're saying, Naomi and Ruth both came back to Israel, or for Ruth it wasn't back to Israel, but they came to Israel. They came to uh, to Bethlehem. And so she really was coming back to God. She said, your God will be my God. She really was coming back also to seek refuge in in God's country with God's people. If that makes sense to you. And we also have references. We have other references, like you mentioned Psalms. And there are other references like uh, we've seen before, and I think I may have mentioned it here recently, uh, that like a chick hides under its mother's wings or a child will run and hide behind their parent or anything like that or you may wrap your child up in a blanket or a cloak or you know something just kind of being protective and you're just you know looking after them so it alludes to having someone you know cover cover you and protect you and that's what Boaz was noticing that they had come and returned, and they were expecting. I think they were expecting God's providence. So, like Pat had mentioned, this was prov- God's providential protection. Now, it mentions. let's see. Um, does this chapter provide evidence of God's protection over those who come to, ref- to him for refuge? Well, I think we just talked about that, didn't we? So, yes, I basically believe it does. Did you have something, Jim? Well, we've been studying it. I believe so, too. It, it It's all linked into his uh, providential care and watching over us. Uh, these other verses are similar. If we look at those, uh, Genesis 15, 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. I think all these are positive and good to hear. So I was going to just read them. Psalm 34, 7. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. And then Proverbs 30, 5. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield to those who put their trust in him. And then Jim had read Romans 8, 28. So these verses all show how God shields us, protects us, watches over us, delivers us from hard times, bad times. They had bad times, but... He delivered them from it. Well, the key to that is we have to trust in the Lord. Yeah, the key is we do have to trust. Yes. We have to trust in the Lord and he will take care of Yes, we have to put our trust in God, and then He will. He will take care of us. I think that's something we learn over and over in the Bible, that if we put our trust in him, that's something he was trying to get through to everybody all throughout the Bible, if we'll just trust him. So our next lesson, we're ready for the next lesson. And I didn't see what time it was. So I'm going to read the, the, let's see, this is chapter 3. For these next questions. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, shall I not seek security for you, that it may be well with you? Now Boaz, whose young women you were with, is he not our relative? In fact, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Therefore, wash yourself and anoint yourself, put on your best garment, and go down to the threshing floor, but do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. Then it shall be when he lies down that you shall notice the place where he lies, and you shall go in, uncover his feet, and lie down, and he will tell you what you should do. And she said to her, All that you say to me, I will do. So she went down to the threshing floor and did according to all that her mother-in-law instructed her. And after Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was cheerful, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain and she came softly, uncovered his feet and lay down. Now it happened at midnight that the man was startled and turned himself and there a woman was lying at his feet and he said, who are you? So she answered, I am Ruth, your maidservant. Take your maidservant under your wing, for you are a close relative. And I think here that saying of close relative again also means you are a redeemer. You can redeem me. Uh, Then he said, Blessed are you of the Lord, my daughter, for you have shown more kindness at the end than at the beginning, in that you did not go after young men, whether rich or poor. whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you request, for all the people of my town know that you are a virtuous woman. Now it is true that I am a close relative. However, there is a relative closer than I. Stay this night, and in the morning it shall be that if he will perform the duty of a close relative for you, good, let him do it, But if he does not want to perform the duty for you, then I will perform the duty for you as the Lord lives. Lie down until morning. So she lay at his feet until morning and she arose before one could recognize another. Then he said, do not let it be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. Also, he said, bring the shawl that is on you and hold it. And when she held it, he measured six ephahs of barley and laid it on her. Then she went into the city. When she came to her mother-in-law, she said, Is that you, daughter? Then she told her all that the man had done for her. And she said, These six ephahs of barley he gave me, for he said to me, Do not go empty-handed to your mother-in-law. Then she said, Sit still, yeah. Sit still, my daughter, until you know how the matter will turn out. For the man will not rest until he has concluded the matter this day. So, with all of that in mind, what did Naomi want to do for Ruth? That's probably the first thing. We'll just start at the beginning. She
1: wanted to give her security.
0: Right. She wanted to make sure she would have a good life, right? Mm-hmm. So she was trying to find her, like you said, security. And back then, let's face it, back then, the world was not quite the same as it is today. Security for a woman in most societies was going to be, hopefully, a good fellow. I mean, yeah, a good husband. That was. You had, you had to look
1: to uh, a dear, uh, male near relative for, for your.
0: Yeah, yeah, it it had to be a male, yeah, yes.
1: It could be a son, a husband, a a brother,
0: something. Right, right. right.
1: In this case, probably a cousin.
0: That's when I figured Boaz is probably a cousin or something because they didn't say he was a brother, and that means he's probably, you know, more. Yeah. How close is that? So, yeah, okay. All right, so, so what was her plan to accomplish this? Well, I think we discussed that. She was going to get her a man. You know, we think of the old uh, matchmakers, right? I'm going to get you a man, you know, or something like that, you know? <laughs> anyway, but that was that was generally the idea. Now, when we look at question two, I think this book infers something that I don't necessarily agree with, but we can just move forward and see what we think. Um. So was there something indiscreet or unwise in Naomi's advice to Ruth to have her go down and see Boaz in the floor? I think it was a custom, so I don't
1: think it was unwise. Boaz was a religious man, though. I mean, he was so... an upstanding, as was said about him. So I... Now, I may have thought it was safe for Ruth to do this. Yeah,
2: darling. I think that what uh, Ruth did was
0: humble herself in this custom to let him know that she was willing if he was willing. Right. She was going, and in your eyes, she was going to humble herself and to let him know. You know that that she was willing to be redeemed. Thank you. Yes, that she was willing to be redeemed by him. So obviously she liked him. This other uh, person that enters into this, you know, we didn't didn't really know much about, and I, I don't even know if she knew or knew that person. Um. All right, so. And it says, do you see risks to which Ruth was subjected in this plan? The only thing that I thought of, because uh, I just thought that, you know, some people could possibly have taken the whole thing the wrong way, even in that day, you know, because they would know Boaz was unwed and they would know that she was a widow. You know, you know how people are. People talk. And that was the only thing I thought of that's like, kind of iffy, because I agree that Boaz was a good person, Ruth was a good person, I don't think they were doing anything. Yes? I don't
1: think Naomi would have given her advice that was bad advice, and it would cause
0: her harm in any way. Right. And the thing, I felt like this was inferring that uh, they did something that they weren't supposed to do. But we know... huh?
1: What like, but I don't that's, what
0: God's that's not what happened though, because the Bible really, if you think about it, it's never shies away from telling us when people know other people, right? It's always pretty plain. Even as far as talking about Lot and his daughters, it, it lets you know. So I don't think this was anything sexual in the end at all. I don't think it was even meant to be. I think it was meant to be a cus- part of their part of their customs. And if you look, there's some verses later on when we get to it that will go into that. But I'm probably going too long. I'm sorry. I am. We probably need to. Yes, go ahead, I think maybe um, reading a little
1: bit into it, he was drinking. And a lot of times alcohol will cause people to do things that they shouldn't do. But he must not have been that much, much inebriated. He still had his faculties. And... Um, he woke up, and so he slept some of it off. Because, you know, a lot of times they will say people that drink get sleepy, so he
0: fell asleep with it. And how long he slept, we don't know, but he probably had slept a lot of the liquor out of himself when he woke up. Maybe. Did it say that they were drinking? It just said it they... Said he,
2: they were drinking and his heart Harper's Mary.
0: Yeah, so it makes you think that they were drinking something, you know, so okay. Plus, a lot of times they had to drink something without falling in it. The water was not safe. So, a lot of times that was the favorite. Yes. All right. So, pardon me for a minute here. I'm going to close this down. But thank you all. Thank you for your time and attention and interaction. I'm going to have a short invitation here. So I want to look at Psalm 119, and that's a big song, uh, psalm, so not, not, not all of it, just a little bit. Verses 41 through 48, it's the Wah, WAW stanza, and that's how I say it, just because it's humorous to me. But. Um, and this is in the English Standard Version, so that's probably why I looked at that other thing from the English Standard Version as well. But Psalm 119, verses 41 through 48, Let your steadfast love come to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your promise. Then shall I have an answer for him who taunts me, for I trust your word. So here, the psalmist is asking for God's love and salvation. We know that if we ask for his love and his salvation, he will give it to us. And we also know that God is the solution, as in verse 42 there, God is the solution to the adversary, to any adversary we have. His word, the Bible, will give us what we need to overcome, whatever that may be. And he's talking about his adversary was taunting him. And take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for my hope is in your rules. And our hope for life is in the word of God. Definitely. I will keep your law continually forever and ever, and I shall walk in a wide place, for I have sought your precepts. When we keep God's word and follow him faithfully, you know, follow the Lord's teaching, We are free. The the idea of a wide place that he talks about here is to be like a free, open space so that you are free and you're not enclosed and caged or anything like that. So, again, the word of God makes us free. I will also speak of your testimonies before kings and shall not be put to shame, for I find my delight in your commandments, which I love. I will lift up my hands toward your commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. You know, we declare the Lord to everyone, no matter how powerful, no matter how unpowerful, no matter how rich or poor they are. None of that matters if they're famous or not famous. We need to make sure, you know, that we are presenting the same message to all. And I think I think in a way that's part of why he says mentioning your testimonies before kings, that he would even you know mention God to kings. So and when he still finds delight in God's word, and we will too. if we stay with the Lord and stay faithful, we will always find delight in God's word. Our Lord will be our refuge as long as we will follow Him. And keep his commandments. And if if anyone here has any need for anything, if you have anything on your heart that you need prayers for or just anything that you would need help with, we would be here for you. So uh, please come forward as we stand and sing.